Hello and welcome to another episode of Corks Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental and ethical. Um, today's episode is cultural. I don't think I mentioned that. It's another round, round of review of a few shows I've been watching and I've just been binging. I've been so exhausted this past week, like to the point where I can barely get out of bed. It's very, very strange. I don't know, but the darkness outside is not helping. So I've been using my trusty laptop to, you know, have a look at different interesting movies and series I can binge on. And I've had the fortune of finding quite a few ones that I don't know if they're actually good or whether I'm just super bored. So whichever one is true, they've been serving as a good um, entertainment for me. And, you know, everyone is in this time of talking about spider-man i mean personally i have not watched spider-man the last spider-man i watched was quite literally um the one with toby Maguire and kirsten dunst and um it was on like those illegal dvds that you used to buy from the guy near the shopping center he would sell three for a tenner and you would get home and you could never even hear the dialogue or see the screen but it was something worth watching to keep up with, you know, um, <laughs> to keep up with the new releases. Um, what else can I share? Um, oh. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Tom Holland and Zendaya. I've seen Zendaya in a few shows. I don't know if I've seen Tom Holland in things. I might have, but I just didn't know it was him. Because I know that he was a child actor. Zendaya was a child actor too, but I've actually seen a few of her features in adult movies. So, you know, Malcolm and Marie, The Greatest Showman. And I like her acting. Um, so I probably will watch it. I don't, just, just for the hype. The hype is enough, luckily. But... Um, other shows I have been watching in the meantime have mostly been on Netflix. Um, I use my friend's Netflix account, of course. And um, <laughs> was it, all jokes aside, um, I've watched this show called This Way Up. And it's funny because I actually saw the This Way Up show like featured in a trailer somewhere a couple of maybe months ago. Maybe even a year or two ago. And I told myself, like, mental no, I'm going to watch this, but just never got around to it. So now was a good time, and I'm so happy I did, because it, it's exactly my kind of dry humour type show that I really enjoy. Like, um, one of my favourite movies is Fish Tank, um, just because I like films that are firstly, or um, not necessarily films, but series also that are, um, filmed in Britain that don't try to be American you know sometimes the way shows are filmed you can tell someone is trying to be you know uh, glitz and glam but f- for the most part the UK is not as glitz and glam as it pretends to be right so I really enjoyed Industry that was a TV show that came out a couple of feels like years ago because of this pandemic it might have just been a few months ago really enjoyed that um, and made a decision to myself that I'm really going to try feast on these British shows but sometimes they don't always hit the spot right so I'm always on BBC iPlayer and I've mentioned a few shows and movies I've watched previously but this way up I remember even reading the um the description of it somewhere and it was like um 
a bis a, bis- a bisexual woman and her and her sister um who dates this older guy like it was a very generic description basically one that wasn't exactly inviting me to say this is going to be the best show you ever watch but definitely very curious and very human and that's what I like my shows to be like curious and human and um this show really hit the nail on the head with that from the first episode first five ten minutes I was like getting an an idea of what it was going to be like you know it's like these two women their sisters and one is quirky and upbeat and the other is kind of flat effect and not very entertaining type thing like and the way they bounce off one another makes the whole show now there's about I think six episodes in each season but there's only two seasons and each episode's like 25 minutes so it's something you can very easily binge and um I really enjoyed it I enjoyed the diversity of the characters Uh, that's always a main part but not because of you know the way they looked but because of what they represented right so firstly the main character Anya Firstly, I like the fact that they were Irish, because me, I like an Irish, Irish um, plot or character, which is just because I think they're really unique people. But um, Anya is not some woman that's rich, that lives with her husband. No, she's a single woman in a flat share, doing a job as an English teacher for um, people who whose second language is English. So their first language is something else, and they're adults, so she's like an adult teacher. But she takes on another gig to basically teach um, a kid, right? And without doing any spoilers, um, that relationship kind of shifts into something different. Not with the kid, but, uh, you know, an associate of the child. And um, her sister, on the other hand, is quite a straight-laced uh, finance woman who's got, a, a, got um, a partner who is also doing well for himself and kind of everything the opposite of what she is so it's very much your kind of you know frozen you know Elsa and Anna like I like those films that are not like um driven by romance so series and films are not driven by romance but more so personal development and you see Anya being in a very uh, difficult state at the beginning of the show and her personal development is how she learns to regulate that um, with the people around her, with herself, and I enjoyed that introspection. So that storyline was always going to be a draw in for me. But her exploration as of romantic relationships made it fun, right? Her exploration of friendships made it fun. Her exploration of family and even in laws that made it really fun. You know, it's just always nice to see stories about middle aged women who don't have all their shit together, as opposed to the usual pretend type film of the women that have their shit together and then it kind of falls apart this woman just seems like she never had her shit together or at least when you meet her she's not perfect and that's a nice change i like stories like that um yeah it was there were definitely some moments i was laughing out loud and other moments i was cringing what it was the right type it was the right dose of britishness so um i would highly highly recommend it to irish gals in london living their lives, not losing their identity, but definitely trying to find more of it, you know, exploring how open their identity is in terms of sexuality and love and care and friendship and favour. It's very nice. It's very nice. Um, I also watched a comedy 
comedy was Anija Christmas and I'm always worried about whether comedies are actually funny. I'm not the type of person to always elect to watch a comedy just because, you know, I'm not really uh, that humorous a person. I'm not funny. I don't really find other things funny. I find the most random things funny. So when I watch a show that basically intends to make me laugh, it kind of puts my barrier up. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not going to laugh at this type thing. <laughs> but um, it, it pushed my guard down. And I, I was afraid to like it because I was worried that there were going to be some African stereotypes in there, you know. Um, but it is a Nollywood film. Like, it is filmed by Nigerian characters directed by sorry not Nigerian characters Nigerian actors directed by a Nigerian man I believe it was set in Nigeria so it's just tick 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 for every type of representation but that's not always the thing that makes a show good so I'm not going to pretend like that's the be all and end all it was a very well executed Christmas movie you know it was like the kind of storyline that was written because sometimes you watch something and you're like, I can tell you haven't written the end of this. I know that sounds really weird, but maybe as a writer yourself, I've done it myself where I've written chapters, not knowing where it's going to lead. And you can tell when someone's kind of just dragging you along. But this this was filmed so well, very clean, very cut, that there were things you couldn't predict and you wouldn't know. Like the holes in the story were all patched up. And it made sense. It was neat. You know, you always want a neat storyline. You always want someone who's always in plain sight to be a big part of the story towards the end. And um, I liked it. Um, it was funny. Um, it was, it definitely lowered my defences. And um, I enjoyed it a lot. And I really hope that they make more. Um, I need to find the name of the guy who actually directed it. Because he did a phenomenal phenomenal job and it's so interesting because you know most of the stuff I watch I rate it on IMDB and this had a lot of bad ratings like really bad ratings and I was wondering why I still don't know why um because again it might be down the stereotypical thing but if I just give a quick rundown of what it's about it's this slightly elderly Nigerian woman who's three sons none of them are married and she just wants them to get married and but it wasn't um those kind of films that kind of beat you around the head about do this do that type thing it's just a story of um of humor and fun and love and trickery and it was it was a, it was a very well executed christmas movie christmas movies aren't supposed to be so serious and dramatic they're supposed to be quite tug-in-cheek and random and that's exactly what it was so it was written by kemi Ade Soya as a screenplay and it was directed by Kunle Afolayan. So I don't know whether they've actually um, written or directed before because again I'm new to this. I haven't really watched, I don't really watch like films that regularly anyway. I'm definitely not someone that knows anything about Nollywood. So I was keen to see if it would live up to my expectations. And in terms of my humorous expectations, it absolutely did. It was just light-hearted, and you need light-hearted films. Like you need something that just makes you laugh. And um, I think even the main character actually passed away, so it was a good tribute to her. Um, and I, I hope to see the writers and directors make more later on in the future. I don't think comedies are easy to execute at all, but this was really clean and clever and well-cut, and it was like... The, that direction was really good, but the editing was really, really, really clean. 
you know, it was felt like every scene was for a purpose. I've seen other films on Netflix that attempt to be comedies. They just weren't funny. They just weren't funny. Like, but this actually made me laugh. And, um, yeah, I, I liked it. It kind of went on all the stereotypes of, you know, the church girl, right? And then you've got the, um, the Jezebel. And then you've got the cute little, the, the good girl, right? The Jezebel versus the good girl. And you've got the church girl. And then you've got the, um, <laughs> you know, you got the um, the church woman, right? And then you've got the, the gossiping aunties. It was very realistic, and that's why I enjoyed it. And then you've got the trickery, which is the whole we're in a situation we need to get out of it. How can we um, fix this type thing? Um, hilarious, 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 like good enough to make me smile, definitely brought some joy to my day, and um, I feel like I need to re-watch actually The Burial of Kojo, that Ghanaian film, that Ghanaian film was really hard in the sense that it wasn't like an, an, a, a comedy at all, it was very far removed from the kind of film I'm talking about right now, but there was something about the scenery in it that was really, really drew me in, like um, very well filmed and executed completely, but just not some linear storyline. I think sometimes, sometimes people just, they don't know whether to be creative in their expression of a film or whether to be really um, slapstick with the dialogue or that people can't choose, essentially. And um, The Burial of Kojo managed to do well with all of its elements, but I just didn't watch it again. And I realised you don't really ever understand a movie until you've watched it more, more than once. So... Yeah, that is the goal. Um, I think I'm going to have another bowl of pasta in a bit. But for now, um, what else am I watching? Um, so I spoke about... I do everything. I profile everything I watch on my IMDb. Not unnecessary, I know. But um, I like to know what I've watched just so that when people ask me, what have you been doing? You can actually say, yeah, I watched this, I watched this, because your memory, it's like a sieve. You don't remember anything that you've done yesterday or the day before. I like to profile my days. I like to write um, my journal. I like to video my um, myself and say what I've done. So that when I'm looking back and I say, what did I do on this day? I can account for it. This past week, I've been lazy. I can't lie. But um, it has been worth it um yeah so it's called this way up the first show i was talking about the one about the woman who is um recovering with her sister did i even mention that she was in recovery it's actually like it's a it's a core part of the story but it's not like the main part which is what i like because sometimes people are very political there were so many political themes in the series that weren't in your face right so they mentioned the Windrush scandal because her flatmate is Jamaican and it was a nice interspersion you know it's reality it's like the things that we do in the periphery and then it was a point where she's in the cab and then they drive past Grenfell Tower right or her sister being um, very um, adamant about fertility it's like things that actually matter without telling you in your face this is how you should be this is what the story should tell and this is how you should produce it because I remember reading an article a while back on the New Yorker um, and it was about self-awareness and um, 
it was about writers thinking that the beginning and end of their character's personal development is being self-aware. So they'll say, okay, I'm a bad person, but I know I'm a bad person. That's enough, right? And it's a huge thing that's happening in um, not just mainstream culture, but even personal relationships. It's like, I know I'm bad. I'm not really going to do anything about it. At, at least acknowledging it is the, is the biggest achievement. Like, no, there's a lot of things you can do to actually unpack and undo what you've done, but we're lazy, right? And um, I was thinking about this the other day, about how Twitter has basically become an autobiography for people to tell stories about themselves and believe those stories because it's written, you know? It's like, I'm so happy today. And because you writ it, wrote it, then it's done and it's true. When in reality, it probably isn't. The same way I, I, I when I'm posting things on Instagram, I sometimes post things that are from other days on different days, just because I can. You know, I didn't say it was done today. I could just still post it. Though. Um, so I liked that this way up was very candid about the fact that, like, we are really... I don't want to say foolish. It was. It, it, I don't know if it even, it's even classed as a comedy, but it just really showed like the futility of humanity. It showed that no matter what we do, like nothing is ever perfect, right? Um, whether we donate to charities or we we do our best to alleviate ourselves, alleviate ourselves of guilt. But how actionable and material our act is 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 a lot um yeah so the article was called has self-awareness gone too far in fiction it was by katie waltman i would argue that that question is something that you can ask in real life as well you know has self-awareness gone too far like i'm aware of myself because i took this picture and i can name all my flaws or i'm aware of myself because i wrote this tweet and i know exactly what i wrote um because i drafted it myself and therefore it is true like when in reality it's probably not because our perception is all weighed down by our history our upbringing and other contexts that has nothing to do with what we say you know i can say anything but if someone else doesn't perceive me as that then how true is it who we are is not just what we think we are it sometimes is exactly um how we move and and how the world thinks of us it's a combination i don't know i don't like it when people try to make it seem as though it's it's binary it's a it's a it's multi factorial you know who i am is defined by myself defined by my family defined by my god defined by my friends defined by strangers defined by politics defined by society defined by my neighbors defined by teachers like it's a bunch of different things different people can have different assessments of you based on their own upbringing and lifestyle and you don't really have a say in that assessment so yeah what else did I watch? I feel like I watched something else. I'm gonna try and find it. I already did um a thing about Parasite. So let's check the movies. Quartz. I do need to get into a habit of watching things twice. Watching things once is never enough, really. But um yeah, yeah it is lazy. So how would you expect me to? I do wonder who rates things on IMDb. Like, how does that happen? I watched Boxing Day as well yesterday. That was okay. Um, it was a light-hearted Black British Christmas movie. And, um, pardon me. And I could see what it was trying to do. It didn't quite achieve it, in my opinion. 
but I never slate um, black British attempts at filmography because I know it's very, very hard for us. And I think that we're allowed to have average movies out there. Like they don't have to be stupendously fantastic. It could just be a decent movie. And that doesn't, that's not to say that the film wasn't stupendously fantastic. There were really great moments in there, but it was a Christmas movie. So it's like, what do you really expect from a Christmas movie um, besides some laughter? Um, execution is not easy. And I think a lot of people, like actors, and a lot of actors become directors eventually because there's not a lot of black people that are able to go straight into the director um, arena. They have to start from actors. And you can tell the jump is very difficult. Or even not just actors, but producers. You can tell the jump is difficult because it's just not easy. It's not easy at all. Um, seasoned, and I hate to say that, but people who have started directing and basically never acted or really acted, you'll find that they are really well versed in, in, in creating a story for the TV. But you'll find that people who were, pre, who were previous actors get caught up in, on other themes, I guess, like dialogue and, 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 and story, whereas directors are really good at presentation. It sounds really strange. It sounds really, really strange. But, um, even this show I'm watching right now, I keep saying show when I mean film. I keep saying film when I mean show. These are not interchangeable terms. However, um, Night by M. Night Shalomayan. He, I know, is like a very, very well-known. Um, Shalomayan. Sorry, I just have some issue with my tooth. So I'm speaking, it's not clear. He is very seasoned in how he makes films right so i'm i'm watching the show a show the movie old and um i'm like this guy has has made a lot of movies you just know you just know when someone's made a lot of movies it's like it's not hard to tell maybe it's even the budget and the price paid for um this kind of stuff but actually the best thing about this movie so far was actually the opening song which I really, 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 really liked. Um, it was by a woman called Salika. It was called Remain. And I was like, oh my God, wow, this is so good. Imagine when I go to YouTube and I search her, come to find out it's his daughter. She is his daughter. Talk about nepotism. But the song is good. It's called Remain. I really, really liked it. Um, but yeah. So I probably will watch the rest of that. I'm trying to see if there's any other things to speak about. I'm always just going to come to this podcast and like talk about the stuff I've watched because I think it's the only way I'm actually gonna get like um a timeline of things I enjoy um on 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 call like that because I'm gonna always have to be referring to a book but if I can just put on a podcast and say what did I watch how did it go did I enjoy it and make that a habit I think then I'll be very more much more intentional about when I'm watching things and how to review things, and even when I'm writing, because like I say, life is about expression, baby. I need to watch Pirates. That is, I believe, directed by Reggie Yates. I'll be curious to see how that lives up to my expectations. But in the meantime, yeah, the the movies I've watched have been interesting. Interesting, interesting. Um, I didn't review Really Love, which is a movie I watched on Netflix. 
and um, it was good again it was good um i'm not always looking for a profound film a good film is good enough for me a decent film is good enough for me not every film has to be like stupidly amazing and i don't even know what defines amazing but for me it's not even the objective things like cinematography or um dialogue it's just how this show or movie makes me feel right so although i mentioned the burial of kojo was something that i really enjoyed because of cinematography and dialogue whether it actually whether it actually moved me is another story and that's never discredited the film just sometimes mean that means that it didn't move me you know things don't always move us so i think i'm gonna make some Esther, Esther. Um, yeah, so that is it for me. Um, yeah. And um, I hope you enjoyed this review of the films I've enjoyed watching over the past couple of days last week. And I um, hope you tune into my next episode where I'll probably be reviewing reviewing something else today i'm also watching david oyelowo's new show called the girl before featuring gugu and battle raw and i really like gugu and battle raw's work i'm really proud of her success in going up um from being on fallout on channel four to being on big blockbuster movies so curious to see her in a tv series because i don't think i actually have before and usually have the attention span for tv series and i like the mini series format that a lot of um shows are starting to adopt now it's not by force to make eight seasons sometimes you just need to do three or four seasons and then kill the story off um that's why i'm not angry about insecure ending that's why i'm not angry about um even jade lb the writer of Keisha the skit talking about how like you know this book won't have a sequel because people characters don't live forever you know they, they move on and that's okay um so yeah i shall probably try and watch spider-man um and see how that goes and um and that's probably it so yeah thank you for listening to this episode and um i hope to review something else in the near future goodbye and take care